Light it up, brah. Get that love smoke. What's up, everybody? I'm in my happy spot. He's getting that that smoke on in his happy spot with his happy stick. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) that game sucked. But let's talk about the silver lining because that's what we do. Well, Chet Holmgren. Uh, let, let, Chet. No, no, no. Let, let's Fuck back him. up, though. Hungry. When you have a 30-point loss, man, finding the silver lining on anything is hard. I just want to let, let you guys know that. Like, It's not easy to separate yourself from a 30-point loss and say, hey, we're going to decide to only look at the positive here. Because uh, when Shea scores seven points, your team's probably not going to win very many games. And that's but, just the way it is. All right. But so what but, we saw last night, though, right. from a couple other players, to me, needs to be talked about. So thus, here we go. All right. So first thing, I mentioned it, Chet. Mm-hmm. 17 points in the first half. Didn't he have like 17 and 13 in the first half or something crazy? Um, like that? Maybe I'm wrong. No, that he was, didn't have 13. I'm pulling it up right now. Rebounds the other day. But he had 17 points. He was going head-to-head with a joker. Um. You can say whatever you want about the rest of the guys um, not showing up, not getting him the support. Fine. You know, first home game, you're playing against the champs, you know, whatever. Get some nerves. Bad things happen. I don't give a fuck, dude. What Chet did proves to me what I've been saying, which is we would have won a minimum of 12 more games last year if Chet was there because he's that good. You go seven Hmm. blocks in game two for him, and then you go 17 points in the first half. If we can get this level of play at all on a regular basis from him, the other guys are going to show up. We know that. There's no yeah. fucking doubt about that, dude. Man, I, and, I, and I love talking about Chet. You know, he played 26 minutes last night. He had four rebounds, two offensive, two defensive. Um, you know, didn't get assist. They said he didn't get a block. I know for a fact he got at least two blocks out there. Uh, say what you guys want. I think he's totally getting ripped off right now on all these calls. I don't know what's going on with it, but on the same sense, I, I I don't want to get stuck on complaining about the refs because that's not what we do here. But Shea got fouled every single time he went to the in the middle of the lane. He got murdered. And the thing is, is that it's the respect now, isn't there yet. And it's yeah. it's bullshit. He's an all-NBA t- basketball <laughs> player. We've seen that. We've seen that every game now. Three games in, he's not getting the calls. He's not getting any respect. It's it's um to say that it's like, oh, well, this is just happening is a little bit beyond what I'm willing to admit. I think that the refs decided coming into the season they weren't going to give him calls. What do you think? Yeah, I think they wanted him to see how they, he was going to react. I, I think there's every player, um, you sit there and wonder, are you going to be a hmm, a meta world piece or <laughs> are you going to be a Kobe that doesn't like a play, says something about it, and then gets on the other side of the court and just plays harder defense and doesn't mull on it? like. That's what I think a lot of people are, you know, looking at this Oklahoma City Thunder team and they're like, oh, they're a bunch of young players. Let's see if we can get them rallied up. So what do they do? They put out a big lineup against us yesterday. Jump. I, and they did. And, and that's how they play anyways. But if you look at the way that they, we didn't get calls, right? That's just the way that what happens when you play bully basketball. When you have one team that's so much more physical than the other one, there's certain calls that just aren't going to be called every single time. They're not yeah. going to slow down the game and give a team 35 free throws and the other team seven. They're just not going to do that in the NBA. 
they're going to slow things down as slowly as they can without making it so lopsided that it's ridiculous. So I think that's what we ran into is that Denver was just fouling us and every single time that the, the refs had to sit back and be like, which ones are we going to call? Which ones are we going to let to go, um, let go? Because, again, they're the champs. They get a little bit more leeway. And, and I think that's what we ran into. They were just bullying Shea last night. And Shea typically would have bounced back. But you know what? 7.7 assists, four rebounds, one steal. It's I mean, it's not what Shea does, but I like it. Let's go and talk about Here's the thing somebody that – Before we, yeah. we move on, because I do want to talk about that next. But Blake said the other teams are going to game plan um, to, to shut him down, and obviously that's what happened here. Um, so, Blake – they play a, a really clean game when it comes to... I know you said that he was fouled a lot, and he was. But the refs let you get away with certain types of contact, and they don't get let you get away with other types of contact. And Shea was getting time, up in the air. When Yeah, when it's time to blow the whistle, they would clean it up. Like, if you... A lot of people here like to watch American football, right? So, you yeah. know, if you're talking about um, the line of scrimmage for a receiver, you can create mm-hmm. contact, but when the ball's up in the air... Then you have to like play a little cleaner until the, like the ball touches the hands of the receiver, and then you can play as dirty sure. as you want, right? Like, sure. and for basketball, the equivalent is you know before Shea goes into a shot motion, you can play as physical as you want, just about. As soon as he goes into a shot motion, you better not have your hands reached in, keep them back, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But play physical with your chest and your body, right? That's right. And so the refs are like, hey, you know, like um, we're gonna let them get away with that, and Shea's like, this is gonna be really hard to do my job if if that's how it's gonna be. But yeah. he didn't sit there and FIBA, cry about it. That's like, that's how they officiate the games in FIBA. Like, yeah. he's just got to come out and say, like, there are open shots that I'm not taking because I'm trying to get to the free throw line. Mm. And if they're not going to let that, I'm going to knock down those open shots and I'm going to start getting some and ones. And then I'm going to get the momentum that way. Um, we've seen that happen with other Thunder players before where the refs yeah. decide to take away easy free throws. So it's not new to us. Yeah, but it wasn't just that. We were missing everything, man. Like, That's let's just true. be honest. We shot 18% from three-point range, six for 32. And we weren't for- forcing three-point shots. We were taking what was open. Yeah. What up, you know, Milan? like, so when you add the combination of, there's a th- here's the three things that we lost the game on, all right? Um, Shea not playing his 36 minutes, right? Bench not scoring what they usually score, okay? Because you take out Trey Mann's eight minutes, and then the bench pretty much was like, crazy bad and then we shot 18 percent from three-point range all three things went wrong in order for us to lose this game like this if two of the things went wrong and one of the things went right i guarantee we still lose the game but at least it'd be a seven point loss and not a 30 point loss you know like that's how like our team is and like if you think about it in the concept of the game like you don't need much more going for you if you're shooting three-point shots and they're going in it doesn't matter if Shea doesn't score, you know, 25 points if you're shooting, you know, 40% from three-point range. It doesn't matter if you have your 40%, you know, shooting for, from three-point and you're shooting that as your starters because then it doesn't matter what the bench players are doing. So there's just so much that went wrong in one game that it was just an uncontrollable loss. And I want to go back to one of our other rookies. We talked about Chet, but Case and Wallace, man. Seven points, one steal, one block, one assist, three rebounds, which one of it was uh, an offensive board. I think he stole it out of Joker's hands. But here's the thing that's crazy about him. And now the rest of the NBA is starting to buzz about this, and they should be. Because I said if he does three games in a row where he doesn't miss a three-point shot at all, and he gets only one missed shot, which he's done now, like people are going to start talking about him. 
And he's missed one shot in his NBA career in three games. And it's not like he's not getting minutes. He's averaging like 20-something minutes a game right now, 20-something minutes a game right now. And he's missed one shot. He's scored a total of 30 points so far. So he's averaging 10 points a game. And the shot that he missed was not a three-point shot. Think about that, guys. Like, as a rookie, have we ever, ever heard of a more efficient rookie than that? I haven't. Let me ask you about Kaysen. Because, like, I, I get it. Isaiah Joe is our, you know, de facto best shooter because of what he did last year. But I think Kaysen, um, I think Joe's a little streakier. Like, I know it's early for me to say, like, Kaysen is an elite shooter and he's going to be consistent. But I think when you look at a player like Kaysen and you have such a short sample size, but you do look at some of the Kentucky stuff, what you start to think about is, like, mechanics. You can't say, like, he's going to average 100% three-point shooting. That's ridiculous. But ridiculous. what we're, we're going to see is we're going to see the mechanics be where, like, there's going to be a regression to the mean, but what does that mean? And what is that sure. average that he should be in? So for me, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, if he is, which he, he's, he's proven to be so far, an intelligent shot selector, right? Um, his mechanics indicate to me that he could be um, a high 40% three-point shooter um, for the course of his career. Um, and the reality is, I don't know that you can say that about Joe's career. He can have years like that, right? But mm. I think Kaysen could already have an argument to be the best shooter on the team. Um, and I think you could argue that Kaysen, because of his mechanics, strictly, not just his, not just his percentage, right? But he could be the best shooter on about half the teams in the NBA. Because mm. you look at it, and, and this is, he's not a normal level um, player. And it, like I said, it's, it's mostly for me coming down to mechanics because um, I'm looking at this and I'm like, that corner three, that's about as perfect of a shot. Let's, let's just say it, dude. The last person that I saw with this level of mechanics would be like a Ray Allen. And mm. I don't want to talk about players who are playing now because it's just not really like, it's not good to do. And there's only sure. one player I can think of, and that's just not healthy. But like Ray Allen's mechanics weren't as good as Case and Wallace's. Let me just put it that way. Ray Allen's mechanics were not as good. Ray Allen needed to get more lift on his shot. Kaysen shoots in-game shots like practice shots. He knows his spots. I'm, I'm serious. This guy is a Ray Allen-level shooter. People don't get that yet because hmm. they look at him as a point guard. And he, he has handles. He, he's a little undersized. I get why people don't get it, but... Like he is flat out a knockdown shooter as good as we've ever seen for the Thunder. And not just yeah. a knockdown shooter, he has like absolute star potential because Ray Allen, like you could say he was a shooter, but very few times people would argue that he was a pure scorer. Like mm -hmm. Kaysen can finish around the basket. Kaysen's drives are really good. His passing is at a high level. He's an absolute baller with a deadly three point shot. I think the most impressive thing about what Kaysen does for me is that nothing is rushed. Nothing is forced. Exactly. Nothing is like, I need to do this. I mean, I'm looking at the stats and I, he had zero turnovers again in 22 minutes. Um, like, like nothing is, is forced. He's so efficient. He's so knowledgeable where to go, where to shoot from. Uh, you know, Mark and I have talked about it before, uh, you know, actually last game, and we were all talking about who we think that he kind of reminds me of. And I remember Jamal Murray when he was younger. He wasn't as good of a shooter as Kaysen is early on. 
But Jamal Murray's the way he drives and penetrates and is so strong and is knowledgeable where to get and where to shoot from and where the weakest deep, uh, defense defenders are at at all times. Like, like that's the type of like IQ I see in Case and Wallace. I see that like understanding and, and desire to be that level. And then you add in the shooting and then it's a completely different ball game because now you're looking at his peak as being a different level. And, and that's why I, I got to stop. And I've got to say like, wh- what are we seeing? right here what are we seeing in the oklahoma city thunder because if Kaysen is that good and he is that efficient right then we are going to have to put him in that six man slot and he is going to get considerable considerable votes for six man because if he's able to do that right and he's able to get that type of minutes people are going to notice that and then second of all is how long can you keep somebody like that out of your starting lineup i think you can keep him out of the starting lineup their rookie year but if he's that efficient and he's that good, like we think he is, right? You've got to find a spot for him in the starting spot it, because it's not just his offense that's good. His defense is so high caliber. I mean, it is one of those things where everybody's like, well, you want Dort guarding the best, best player out there. I, I get that. I get that, guys, right? But I love Dort coming off the bench for Can- um, Canada, Team Canada. I love mm-hmm. that. Like it, it brought a different atmosphere. He could be the man taking the shots. And I think with Kaysen, the way he plays defense is you put him up against the best player and then you go to Dort second to play that, that defender right there. You've got a different type of one-two punch that nobody else can fuck with because Kaysen Wallace is in your face. He doesn't you know, create that contact. He's not physical, but he's in your face. He's right there at all times, right? You can't go around him. He's just right there, boom. He's frustrating for everybody. But what does Dort do? Dort's physical. So now Kaysen's going to wear the guy down, right? Because he's going to have to get him to get to the next stage to get around him. And it's really difficult. So Kaysen wears him down. And then coach goes, Dort, get out there. And Dort just smashes them. Because what are they going to do? Now they're tired. Now Dort's out there. It's the same thing that's happening right now with Kaysen coming into the game. And Kaysen's taking their best defender right away. Giving Dort a little bit of break. Like to me, the way that I see this t- team designed, and now that we're seeing what casing can do, I know seven points, not that great, whatever. But it's not just the seven points. He played 22 minutes. He was doing everything out there a block shot, a steal. I think he even had like three deflections. Like he is everywhere, guys. He had a, a steal. Well, he grabbed the ball out of Joker's hand for an offensive board, right? He scores. Okay. He turns around, right? And he gets them to dribble the ball off of their feet. Yep. <laughs> like, and it was like a one, two, three thing. It was like, holy shit. Like, again, it's, so, I don't think, he might yeah. not scored. He might not scored, but he still got a, an extra possession because he still stayed with it. And he was the smallest guy on the court. Would you say that our rookies, Kaysen and Chet, are having the most consistent offensive and defensive players on the team? Well, Shay. Up into this last game, obviously, is going to be Shea. But, but um, like, come on, like you got to. Yeah, I, I would say that because last game against him. I mean, these are the J-Dub, first three games of the season. So J Dub's at 14, 15 points a game right now. Yeah, but that's what he's I mean, extremely inconsistent. Like, yeah, and well, it's up and down, up and down. Right, and exactly. that's fine. He'll, this he'll is, figure it out. But I'm talking. Yeah, teams are playing him differently than they played last year. So that's why it's, my, it's like this for him. My only point is three games into their rookie seasons. Yeah, I know what I'm going to get from Kaysen defensively. I know what I'm going to get from Chet defensively i know what yeah. i'm gonna get um 
offensively from Kaysen, and I know what I'm going to sure. get offensively from Chet. And I can't think for sure of a time where, like, for the Thunder, I didn't know what I was going to get from Shea. We know what we're going to mm. get from Shea, so I'm not worried about that. But it just hasn't been, like, it's been inconsistent. And even when he got 31 the first game, he went to the yeah. free throw line once. Like, it's just been, like, the most unusual set of circumstances for Josh Giddy, for J-Dub, for, um, for even Dort. He goes out and gets 20, but he's not really a factor in the other two games offensively that this much. Is, but this is normal, man. But not this for is the rookies, start of every not season. Not for rookies to be the leader. No, no, not for rookies to be the leader, That's but for other like players, their second and third year players to stumble. And, and when we were talking about this team's expectations, we never assumed that Kaysen and Chet would be immediately the leaders like the upside gets way higher if they're already showing everybody else how to do it yeah like when we talked about this team we've always talked about shea being one j-dub being two you know josh giddy being that assist man dort being that defender man like we we said we're gonna let chet you know prove his worth we we weren't ever going to put chet in a you know block but what we're seeing from chet is way superior than we could have thought i mean like straight up like like the seven blocks, the 17 points in, in one half, the, the knowledge and the, the defensive um, um, deflections. I mean, I think he has probably four or five blocks that haven't been counted as blocks. Like, it's just insane to me what we're seeing. We had a game with 13 rebounds. Like, we're right. seeing so much from Chet. It's like, okay, this guy, in my opinion, at this very fucking moment, is the second best player on our team. You know, you got Shea yeah. and Chet Show. And yep. that's not a diss yep. against uh, Dort nope. or Josh Giddy or J-Dub. It just means that they have to up their game because we're seeing such a high level from Shea and Chet right now that it's, it's, it's so impressive. And we're not the only ones that see it. We all know that you guys see it too, and, and Coach D sees it. So for me, it's just that's what we're seeing at this early stage of this year. Uh, the year is still early, so it will change. Things will get better. Things will get worse. Part of life. And at this point, though, I feel... I feel pretty good, even though we had a 33-point loss. Um, I felt like we did a good job in, in, in understanding what the role was for this team, um, you know? And that's as simple as that can be. Like, we didn't have one guy that played 30 minutes yesterday in a back-to-back -back night. We had guys playing hard. We had the bench player um, bench players coming out. Trey Mann scored 12 points in eight minutes. Like, it was, there was some things that we saw that was really, really good. And for me, seeing that from Trey Mann, he's dying to get playing time. And if this is what he can put out, you know, 12 points in eight minutes, you know, coach is, coach is going to go to him. You know, like Dude, this is his opportunity to go to him. You're right. And listen, man, I think what we need to take away from like the silver lining factor of all this is this like three games into the season and we legitimately, it legitimately looks like we have two players who can move into the top five of a team that won 40 games last year mm -hmm. and they're rookies. Like, top five. We're talking I know, dude. Chet, maybe all the way up at number two. And Kaysen He's has fighting, a chance dude. to move into top five. How? I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I think he's have sitting you, at six right now. Have you seen anything like this? No. No. N not, not picking at number 10 for Kaysen. Like, you expect this, you know, from some of the other players that are like, well, you know, like Giannis or, you know, like Shea. You know what I'm saying? Some of these other guys, it's like, yeah, I can see that, you know, people mess, messed up on that one. But when you're talking about Kaysen and as many point guards that were in this draft, like, you just sit there and you're like, how did they drop the ball in this? 
how, you know, how in, in, a, in a draft where, yes, you had forwards and centers and, you know, good ones, how did this get dropped so badly that Kaysen just was available? And not just that, but think about this. How much better would Dallas be with Kaysen? And they had him, and they traded him, and they gave us Bertons on top of it. They fell for Lively, bro. They fell for the Lively trick. And, and Lively's doing good, man. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna diss him. Like he's, he's a good player. But you could have got him at 16. So, you know, you could have came back and traded something else and got moved. You know, could have got Kaysen and Lively. <laughs> Like I, I just I got so lucky to get the pick, and they're like, Woo! and they went and fucking missed Kaysen because they wanted to save seventeen million dollars, bro. Yeah, David, yeah, you're I right, da- David. David, saying, but... David brought up a good point. He said that they needed a big. Lively is a better um, player for him, for them. Yes, I get, I, look, that was the convention at the moment, but but. When but if you Kaysen is showing what he's showing, fucking star, dude, a fucking star. Yeah, he's so Kaysen's look- so good. Like they they dropped the ball on this one. Just like just like people are like, oh well, they didn't need another point guard. Well, guess what? Everybody needs another point guard. They like need Shea. a fucking shooter. They need somebody to be able to put in a corner and say, hey, Luca, hit this person. He's open. Absolutely. Like, and, and I think shooter who can handle the ball. Thank you. I'll and just, and here's the thing. Yeah, as far as God, big or it's Impressi, as we call him. Yeah, as far as a big. Like bigs are, for me, I look at Luca. You wanna, you want a veteran big. You just want a veteran big. Like there's so many veteran bigs that are available at this point. Because here's the reality: is that having a young player that can grow with Luca is great, is amazing. Just but Luca is at a championship level right now. No. So trying to build a team around Luca when he's already at a championship level means that you're always going to get picked tenth. You know, like you're always going to end up lucky. with pick 12. Like it's going to turn into the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, all over they again. A, they had to really work to get that 10 pick. It even got fined for admitting how hard they were working to get it. Like, yeah, they had to tank it. Tank that go. shit, bro. They're like, get Luca. We don't want him playing Instead anymore. He's going to make us run. out loud. Come on, Mark Cuban. You're not supposed to admit it. Like everybody knows. Come on. Anyways. All right, guys. We'll see you tonight. Eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central. Listen, be there on YouTube. <laughs> Special shout out to our buddy Smitsta for joining us at yes, halftime. Unk, as always, we're looking forward to having you back. Sunday, obviously, crazy day. So guys, everybody who wants to come, join us. Come on the halftime show with us. That is the bomb diggity. And if the game gets close, coming out and calling so we can all get on the same level. Dude is the best, man. Seriously. Uh, we we appreciate all of you guys. On the call. We want more than one person. Let's get four or five, six people yeah, all watching the game together. Rolling um, up blunts, smoking, yeah. drinking. Yeah. yeah. And so. Snorting. <laughs> do your thing. Smoking, <laughs> drinking, snorting, shooting. Let's play, guys. Yeah. See you guys tonight.